only, no, only you... Harry as a host, yeah, needs a whole like a whole fanfare oh, to get bro. started. Normal people see... just get started. Do you know what I mean? This one's doing. I need a clean. Everyone has seen their position, so I, I may need take a clean now. cut to start the episode. I need a. I need a pause. Of... You can't see me rolling my eyes, but you know full well that I am. Tales from the Plantation, Volume Twenty Nine. I don't remember what episode it is now. Volume Twenty Nine. Um, yeah, still the quarantine, lockdown, Corona edition. I'm your host, Harry Tubman, leading you all to freedom from the comfort of my bed. Who else is next? Who else is, who else have we got? Buttons. I'm here like I never left because literally we haven't left. Who else? Nezzy. Just because I'm here in my Primark pajamas doesn't mean that I'm not a savage, classy. You can see, you can find me at TFTP underscore Tunde on Twitter and Instagrams. Instagrams. And we have a special guest with us. Last but not least. Quarantine, 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 quarantine. All right, all right. Tell them your handle. Tell them your handle. We got to get the cash app up. We got to get the cash app up. We've got Nimsy here. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yo, yo, hold on, hold on, hold on. Where are you from, Nimsy? No one needs to know all that. No one needs to know. Oh, quarantine, 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 quarantine. <laughs> He's staying off the grid. <laughs> My oh, day. Yeah. And so, no one needs to follow me either. So, yeah, there, there's me. Cool. Lich. Cool. Energy. Energy. That's the full contingent. <laughs> so, kicking off, kicking off. Um, it was a bit of a week on 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 at least UK Black Twitter this week. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a real sticky one. It's been a heady one. Well, even he was part of it. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a, a sticky one still. Like literally, um, it seems like everybody got every single influencer you can possibly think of got dragged for their old tweets. Um, it was quite impressive. That it all happened at the same like I don't even understand how it all happened at the same time. Like someone coordinated it. It was like night of the long knives, if you don't remember that. Like every man just got cut straight. <laughs> like I don't <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what happened, but um of course Was that like a Game of Thrones reference or like No, read a history book, girl. Oh. Um <laughs> sticky one, sticky one, sticky one. <laughs> uh, but um yeah, like it was it was it was um it was women, it was men. Um, all getting dragged for things that they'd said in the past. So you had people like, like I said, like Heady One. You had people like um, uh, the Free Shots guys. You had like, um, yeah, you know the 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 classic Twitter guys of like uh, Disunomics or whoever. Bare people just got dragged for their their old tweets. Um, some completely unsurprising, of course. Others more surprising. Um, but it was a very inclusive intersection cancelling, to be honest. Yeah, it's true. It's true. There was well, <laughs> this is the thing. Well, this is the thing. And I think that's well, the start. Is, then it went back is a, to yeah. 
<laughs> so this is the interesting thing and this is the thing about when people talk about cancel culture it seems to only apply the only people that really seem to get cancelled well like looking at this whole thing that happened it, from what i saw the only person that's really been cancelled quote unquote is nella rose and i thought she's like the least culpable she's like the 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 one that tweeted when she was the youngest she was young when she yeah. tweeted all that stuff but yet boy she's the one that got cancelled whereas the big man that that tweeted it that's they're, they're fine and i think it just goes to show like the imbalance when it comes to cancer because like i think she lost like thirty thousand, thirty thousand followers or something crazy like that i no, thought wow that's actually losing out from this woman yeah like there was that woman who lost her i can't remember what she influenced i don't really follow the people like that but she lost her deal with like nissan canada or something Whoa, no, 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 no. What? Yeah, like... What, a UK, a UK influencer? I don't know. Probably. But Nissan, Nissan Canada was like, the views of this person no, uh, don't represent Nissan Canada, so we will no longer be working with her. It's a bit like... I, I don't Wait, understand. What? Seriously? Yeah. That's mental. So what? Like, Nissan were... were it, like, they saw it fit to say that. But Spotify don't see it fit to to cancel free shots. That sounds a bit <laughs> well... mad to me. That sounds a bit mental to me. And this is this. Shall I tell you what is what's interesting about this? What I found funny, yeah, is that with the the and it's funny because listen, guys, I'll just be real. This is what happened before. One of us did a did a went said something about free shots, and I was like, I don't want to say it. I don't put it out there because I thought. I don't want to be seen as like, oh, we're coming out of a podcast, blah, 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 just so we can get clout. But now this stuff is out there. I guess we can just say, like, to be honest, like, that podcast has always been trash. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that podcast has always been trash. The people who do it have obviously, according to their past tweets, have just said nonsense things. And it's not, it's in no way um, surprising. There's no way surprised because like the whole thing of like Mr. Exposed guy who gets brought up every single year and his his brethren get left. And I'm like, guys, what you think he just it's just him. He's the only misogynist there. And the the, the people he hangs around with are just clean as a whistle. Come on, man. Like, let's not be just not be silly about this thing. Come on, it's just silly. And like all their brethren or their like their Twitter friends, they're all the same. Like, the, come on. It's not rocket science to figure it out. The thing so, is, some of some of the ones that came, quote unquote, came out, they're not new. So like the free shots, guys, these are not like new information. But what I think is interesting is like for some of the female influencers, this is new information or inf- things that weren't in public knowledge, like it hadn't been blown up before. But what I so I think the the reaction of everybody to the to males and versus the reaction to females who had said equally as problematic things, I think is quite interesting because there were some males that had said problematic things, but and it was brand new information, and that didn't blow up or have as much of a didn't feed as much into the conversation more than just making up the number of people that were getting cancelled if that makes sense um so I think that is interesting but what I would say on the Nella Rose girl I did like did you guys watch her apology video 
I kind of started watching it. Um, yeah. I watched clips of it. I thought it was a very, I thought it was a very good apology to be fair. I just felt bad for the girl, man. But... Legit, I I thought that was a good good apology. Like, obviously, there's nothing you can say to take away the fact that it's despicable what you said. But uh, out of everybody, she's the first one that kind of said, "Yeah, that's bad." Took some time to reflect, put out an apology, and she's the one that's getting the most stick like that to me does not make sense that is where for me quote cancel culture whatever you want to call it just failed because i i think it's difficult to like we've got to make this all that's difficult to say i was gonna say we've got to make room for people to make mistakes and apologize i think there should still be repercussions and consequences but in my mind, her apology not made up for the fact, but it it went some way a lot further than others did in making up for it. And I don't think that woke Twitter really handled that well. I don't think. Shall I, tell, shall I tell you what? You know, I don't think it wasn't woke Twitter, and this is the, this is the thing. I don't think woke Twitter exists anymore. How many of them were involved in the in the crashing? Like that's very true. Day, right. So the thing the thing that's been frustrating about Twitter and Twitter's for me has been just the nicest one because I don't take pictures of my face enough for Instagram to be worth it for me. Um, the thing that just stressed me out is there's just a lack of comprehension in it, man. Like. It's, it's very possible to acknowledge that people will have grown, but also acknowledge that the ideas that were held back then are still bad now and are still held by, by people now. Like, if we were having an actual nuanced conversation on it, then maybe it'd be a worthwhile topic and we could say that there was a difference between woke Twitter and the majority of um, black Twitter. But I don't think there is. I think all it is is a screaming, screaming cesspool where, where something's the... When something's the trending topic, you've got to be seen to be saying the right thing. Mm-hmm. And as long as you say that, you get enough retweets. People forget that 10 years ago, you said the wrong thing. In fact, no, 10 hours ago, you <laughs> said the wrong thing and you were cussing people out for, for some next thing. It's the same with the So, so to be clear, you're loving it then? Oh, mate. It's the best <laughs> part of, it's the I'm not going to lie. It was, it was, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was hilarious to watch. I mean, I, I did like what I do. You know what I did like? I did like the guys that tried to pretend and tried to rebrand themselves as like, try to rebrand themselves. Black women enthusiasts. Yeah, like man tried to rebrand themselves. No, I forget it. Like, and then they got exposed. It's like cool. Just hold, like, hold that one. Because my thing is, the best thing to do, in my opinion, if you know that you got things like that, you said things like that. Just say, you know what? Before anyone gets to it, say, you know what? I said this. I'm now different and I've changed that I now think differently you can cancel me if you want but this is how I feel now and that's it you keep it moving but most of them man just tweeted through them through the mess they didn't even bother addressing it like majority yeah. like majority of them didn't even bother bother addressing it they're still doing their podcast they still got their deals they're still doing their things and that's the thing you see what happens like really when it comes to black women people have a special sort of energy they ain't got for they ain't got for those men because it's even it's not even it's not even and it's not even just it's not even just um a male female a male female thing because there's even women that are like still like really close like like really close friends with these guys or like who are still laughing up with these guys 
So it's like, it's not that deep to them either. So even a part of me is like, well, how can I really, how can I really care if you lot, if you're a black woman? But then I guess also there's a dynamic of what? No, no. What I mean is, I can't be more. I can't be more ma- like if you're a black woman and you don't think this guy is bad, even though I, I have my opinion, I can't shout you down as a woman and say, well, you should, you should be outraged at this guy, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what I will always find interesting? Yeah. The like a lackluster vim that black men defend black women with. I said it, I'ma go mute now because I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> well No, but it's true though because No no I know no, go, in go, all go. of this in all of this um the majority of things that were said were against black women. But you really did not see, for all of the Twitter heads, the male, black male Twitter heads that are like um, super woke and super vocal on Twitter, where, where was your defense or your support or your this behavior is wrong and here's how we uplift to contradict? Like, that, there was none of that. Literally, most of the, most of the chat was. Black women have said wild things around about black women. Black women are outraged, and black men were apparently otherwise engaged. <laughs> yes, yeah, they true. weren't otherwise engaged though, because they were right in the middle of it themselves. They had their they own were culprits. <laughs> they didn't want their tweets to start jumping out from <laughs> from from Lit- the darkness of Twitter, literally. So, what was what was your thoughts on it, Nimbi? Did you what did you think about? about what, what we're done you know what i took a week of twitter because i was like no nah, i'm on this site too much and i came back and i was like what the hell is going on right here i couldn't <laughs> believe my eyes came back into carnage boy <laughs> i came back it was like the whole tier was on fire i was scrolling 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 i was like what is going on nella rose and then this other influencer that i followed she had like some old rape tweets that she was doing yeah, when just, she was i was like what is going on they were cancelling people people that were trying to defend them their tweets were getting brought up as well oh, and- that, <laughs> uh, that that one that sorry just to i'm not gonna cut you but i just want to say quickly i saw one where literally someone was like ah did it cancel this person and then someone cancelled them. <laughs> i brought out their old tweets i was dying no, one thing I would much. one thing I would say as well, just on what you said, the the some of them, some of the tweets that people were getting cancelled for, I was like, yo, like when was this even funny? Like when was rape funny? Did I miss where was I? Where was I when rape was amusing? Uh, no, that that, that that was wild. That was wild actually, because I I even had to go back to my old tweets. I had to be like, wait, was I this mad in 2012? Because I don't understand. My thing is that um, some of these tweets weren't even like the rape jokes are definitely I've, I'm pretty sure that legally if someone went through some of those tweets they would be def- defined as like inciting hatred or like yeah well, rape, rape, you mean rape tweets some of the rape tweets some of the things they're saying about black women in terms of like inciting violence I think they're definitely 
like if you wanted to press that with the police, they could definitely. Be um, I don't, I don't like, know. Hundred percent. I don't know. Yeah, I think they could. And then no, also, 100%. like, my my problem with the whole thing was about individual, like, forensically examining individual tweets, is that it kind of took the focus of of it being a communal problem and made it about very specific individual, individual people who want to cancel. And I'm like. One thing that people were saying at the time, saying they're using almost to excuse people, kind of right, was that there was a culture at the time where a lot of people were saying these kind of things, um, and also that like the point, the thing that we that the good like what could have come out of the conversation would not have been about cancelling individual people, it would have been a communal conversation about why there's such a level of hatred and disdain for black women and in particular dark skinned black women amongst not just young black men, but just in the black community. And that would have been a useful conversation. But I feel like as it stood, this wasn't use- This wasn't particularly useful because I feel like what it did was trigger a lot of white women who were who at that time had those kinds of things happen, said, said to them. And also made a focus on individuals rather than on the fact that this still goes on. It's just now more covert. Like people don't say those kind of hateful things on Twitter. But in their actions and what they practice in their personal life, they display that they still hold the same colorist or anti-black women views. That would have been a worthwhile conversation. This yeah. whole kind of like cancelling for a week kind of not. Let's be real though, Twitter has never been about actual worthwhile conversations. Unless I don't know. I don't, the thing is, I don't want to say that. Uh, I've, I've had, had to make money off of it. That's not what it's been for. Uh, it will be for clout in one way or another. It's always It'll about clout. Yes. Mm. Never ever about a group discussion and education. Let's not. I don't, know you don't think? I, have, I, have I think had, it's changed. I, have had, I think it's changed. Hold on, wait. I have had I have had worthwhile conversations on Twitter with people. One on one. The community, no. It's a one on one. One on one. But I've even. Yeah, but I've even seen conversations. Community, and not even necessarily conversations, but maybe like Twitter threads where people have learned things and said, like, I've definitely retweeted them and be like, thank you, I didn't know this before, and I've learned. Even if it's something that was addressing like a prejudice that I had or a view that I had, like, thank you, I've learned from this. So I, do feel, I do feel like Twitter can be useful if people are going to be mature and not necessarily, sometimes it's like you don't even need to engage or back and forth, you just need to read, read a thread and it will teach you something. And like, I think it's the, the whole thing about Twitter is like, because it's so public, people feel like they can't go behind, they can't say, oh, actually, you know what, I'm, I'm, I was wrong about this, or I didn't know this, thanks for educating me. Like, that doesn't happen on Twitter, you see. But I have seen, I do think, even the fact that we've moved away from those tweets, that, how many years ago, to the, to the environment that we have now, shows that there's been, like, at least a movement in terms of what's publicly acceptable. And it's Twitter has growth. kind of been part of that. And I think that, yes, it's not like, okay, it's still behind closed doors, but at least there has been, like, there is an awareness, I feel like, there wasn't, that wasn't there. We didn't even have, ne- we didn't even have, um, people, the word colorism wasn't even in the common parlance, parlance, I, I would say, of people, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was something that academics and sociologists do, but it wasn't even something that common, but now it's moved into that. So I just feel like, at least there's been some progress there, and it can be like that, if people are willing to not be on the defensive and just be like, Hey, I can learn, but you're right. It's not usually the environment allowed. Uh, like I, I, I get what you're saying, right? But again, those threads don't tend to come in the middle of a big storm of a topic. They will be standalone threads that have come out when the timeline's quiet, right? 
and that's when it's when it gets elevated. Once once tw- Twitter gets people acting like like um, piranhas, right? They get into a feeding frenzy. Once there is a topic that can be jumped on, and everyone jumps on it, that's it. That's it for the day. There will be nothing else that you will see because of the way algorithms work, because of the way the bigger accounts work. Just by virtue of the fact that social media is about getting as many followers as you can to retweet to retweet a small set of messages if that small set of messages is nonsense all you're going to see is nonsense like if the if the key people find one bit of sense then that one bit of sense will get promoted but you won't then see everyone coming out with logical like additions to that argument they will promote one tweet or they will promote a foolish topic those are two options you have for social media you seem a bit a little bit disgruntled with twitter just uh, it's, just it's getting a hint. Much. Just get a hint of <laughs> disgruntlement. Like even the things that they've brought in for us to enjoy. If I'm not, I don't know if you guys have seen like the ten v ten clashes on. There's no signal. I've heard about that. Right. So the idea is simple. It's it's basically what the IG live clashes were supposed to be, but actually fun. Um, and for whatever reason, we take that and we can't have nice things immediately is descending back into diaspora wars and you're like do you know, <laughs> do you know I, I think you might. we can't have we can't just have nice things can we literally start we're, that we're locked down. we can't go <laughs> nowhere you're telling me i can't even enjoy pop car versus versus um Burnable, Burnable, it? without it descending into uh nigerians are too much jamaicans are this we we all love the music why are we fronting <laughs> what kind of clout has you denying that you enjoy both popcorn, Wizkid? Shall I tell you what it is? No, no, no. Shall I tell you? Okay, okay. Here's the thing. I get you, but having said that, I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that. I don't think it's that simple. Please educate me. I think what it is is that. Wait, wait. Sorry, go on. No, I'm saying I, I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that. So I know I oh I don't know this person. I saw them make a tweet saying. Are people still pretending that Afrobeats wasn't influenced, inspired by dancehall, or has like in, influenced by dancehall? And then people were just getting mad, saying, "Ah, oh, why don't you um, take your uh, disgusting music back where it came from?" Blah blah. All this, like all this stuff. People getting mad, and it was like he didn't say. He's just making a comment that like people don't want to acknowledge the dancehall influence of Afrobeats. People are like, well, Afrobeats didn't start in uh, 20, 2000s. It started in 1950 or 1920. It's like, okay, you coming from your country should know the difference between Afrobeats and Afrobeat. But anyway, fine. But I'm saying, I think it speaks to a little bit more than that, which is that there are people within maybe, might be Jamaicans, might be Caribbeans, who feel a bit disgruntled that, that there are these new generation of African music is great and they love it of like West African music, probably specifically, I should say. But they're like, just acknowledge where it came from. And it's like, some people are like, no, we don't acknowledge it. Like, it's our thing. Why are you trying to make it like a... So I think it speaks to like the same arguments or the same issues, some of the same issues that were present in the black community within the, the diaspora problems. When really, in my head, I think like like Nigerians or Ghanaians who have like, whoever the Afrobeats artists are, can acknowledge that their stuff, some of their stuff came from dancehall, of course. But then it all goes in a merry-go-round because, like, we all influence each other. That's just how it goes. 
I don't really think I don't see why why there's an issue. I don't even see where there's like a big argument or issue. But people are having arguments. I'm like, but guys, the fact is, yes, Afrobeats was influenced by dancehall. That's an undeniable fact. It's also an undeniable fact that the rhythms from dancehall would have originated in Africa at some point. So then we all came from Africa. What's the problem? But I don't know. I actually don't even understand like the debate or why it's why it's necessary. <laughs> I'm literally so confused. Uh, I it's necessary because it's, it's necessary because Caribbeans feel like they're not being given credit. Yeah, but what like I to be honest, I am very surprised with what I'm about to say, but I'm with Tunde on this one. Like, why can't we just have nice things and appreciate that we like them both? And now I'm going to throw up because I never agreed with this sitting on the wall person in my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is, no, Tunde, no, here's the thing, Tunde. I, I agree with you that we should, we should. I'm coming straight for you, Buttons. Just, just no, lock your doors. It's a full clash on the street. We're ready. <laughs> So I, the thing is, Tunde, Tunde, I agree with you that people should just be able to have nice things. But I think, but you know what it is like, these things will always come to the surface unless we actually kind of deal with them. You know what I mean? Like anytime you do try to have like a bit of banter or whatever, like someone's going to take it too personal. Like, like what happened the other day? Like someone tweeted, um, I think they tweeted, no one's getting pregnant to Afrobeats. And that's what someone tweeted because we're getting married to Afrobeats. I, <laughs> I found that hilarious. But other people were like, see, da, da, da. triggered, triggered, like, triggered, triggered. <laughs> I found it funny, but you know, triggered, 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 triggered. <laughs> <laughs> I, I it's still funny to me. I feel it necessary to say. I feel it necessary to say that that is an outrageous allegation against my people and I will not stand for it. I will not stand for this level of abuse and if we could politely move on, that would be fantastic. Well, here's the thing. I don't know, Nimsy, I don't know where you come into this because obviously like these debates seem to be the hottest between Nigerians and Jamaicans from what I see. And I'm like, this is how no Jamaicans they had to come from at least Niger. They had to come from Nigeria. They're the and same people, and that's the why same. they're always clashing. Always yeah. clashing. We're the same. We're no, the same. we're up. Can we? Can we stop doing that, please? Because we're not. Thank you. What's <laughs> funny? She even muted her, her mic, and then like <laughs> she even tries to mute her mic, like say, "I have nothing else to say in the matter." <laughs> What's your point? You don't think so? You're saying you don't think that Nigerians and Jamaicans have simple, similar temperaments. You think that's a lie? I mean, it's a complete lie. But like, I, I, and also, obviously, like, we, my DNA test shows that I'm significantly Nigerian in my DNA. So, <laughs> so I'm not denying. But so, the whole thing of like, oh, as opposed to anywhere else in the Caribbean, we're the same kin. Like. End of the day. Wait, as opposed to anywhere else in the Caribbean, I don't understand what your point is. You said, like so what you said is you're Nigerian. You're Nigerian. You're not denying mm-hmm. that we 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 probably do come from the same place. So what's your problem? No, with what people I said? act like we have similar attitudes, and like it's because of some genetic link. And it's like every every island in the Caribbean has has like significant Nigerian genetic contribution. Like no, but what, you, what we're saying is. Kind of, I don't know. I'm just like, it's nothing to do with the fact that we're both... That, that no, but we're, we're both very arrogant. We think we're, we are the best in our particular region. That's a fact, isn't it? 
100%. Yeah, I know. But I, again, like, I don't think it's... Anyway. Yeah, but no, I, other, I don't really find that Trini's and other, other small island people say that because they can't say it and be honest and serious and say that they're the best in their region. It wouldn't make any sense. I was just about yeah, to I know, say because they're, like, not, because they're not the best and because the island is small. But what I'm saying is, like, I don't think that... <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a silly statement. But, like, I, I don't think that it's... I think Nigerians and Jamaicans do have similarities in terms of temperament. Because, because, but I think specifically, actually... From what I've heard is that Jamaicans specifically come from Ibo people. This is what I've heard. I would have thought we come from Europe. Maybe this is actually an Ibo Yoruba class that we just came up. Uh, we stepped into it. You just um, made the same point. Oh! Quarty, quarty, quarty. Yeah, I don't know about I don't know about all of that. I don't know about all of that, but yeah, like ugh, that's a sticky one. I don't know about. Do you find that. this whole thing about whose music came from whose is very redundant because it's just silly. Uh, it's the same thing with African Americans. They keep talking about how, like, oh, all these Ados people have been like hip hop is like everyone's trying to take off hip hop and hip hop is an African American. I'm like, hip hop was started by like Jamaicans in New York in the Bronx. Like, there is no music in the African diaspora that is not influenced by other mu- music in the African diaspora. We can all enjoy each other's music. People who say they hate they hate, they hate Afrobeats, but they like soca. I know so many Caribbean people who are like, I don't like Afrobeats, but I like soca. Honestly, it's so similar to me. Like, I just find it ridiculous. Like, how can you hate Afrobeats and love soca? It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, no, I don't know about oh, that. Because I'm not going to lie. I actually, I don't as really like soca, but I like Afrobeats. <laughs> See, I, I never really liked Afrobeats. I never used to like Afrobeats, and I never really got into soca. That smally, tingy, 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 tingy. But Jump and wave, now... Jump and wave. But now, I really like Afrobashment which is a new fusion genre, which I'm oh, here for. So, um, but, and there are some Afrobeats that I like. People pretend like we don't have a new fusion genre every two minutes. So. Yeah, like, Literally, I think that yeah. the African diaspora is coming up with new things all the time. And I think we should like, all be clapping. Every genre is a However, fusion genre, like, in some way. Yeah, yeah but what I, what I think so is I mean, important, Every though, genre is a fusion genre. I, think, I do think it is important for each culture to pay homage to where, to where it came from. Because what it does is it acknowledges yeah. us as equals and say, you know what, we're acknowledging the lineage. I think that I think that is important. So I think it's important for African Americans yeah, to I say, agree. yeah, I like yeah, like shout out to Jamaicans because that's where it came from. As important for um, you know, Jama- like Calypso and say today, oh, shout out to Trinidad because that's where you know Trin- Calypso came from. It's it's important, I think, because it validates each of those places and says, you know, we all have valid contributions to the diaspora. And when people don't feel like their contributions to the diaspora are being considered valid that's where the problems come so that's why i say yeah i agree with tunde's point that we should be able to have nice things and we shouldn't always be debating all the time but i think there is a point where we all need to acknowledge that where things came from and be just okay with that it's not a problem because we all know that really the roots the roots of it is africa and it's it's really interesting to chart the lineage from from there to everywhere i think that's really cool and important and when we think about it everything that we do comes from Africa. I need you to stay woke, people. I need you to stay woke. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is literally how you, where you ended. Yeah. So, so, so just to, because I think we, we, we went on to the diaspora thing, but coming back to the, um, the influencer stuff, 
I mean, how do you, in terms of the the conversation around um, why there is such a pathological sort of hatred for, because like I say pathological because it's not just like, oh, I dislike black women. It would be different if it's just like, I don't really like, not different, but there's a difference between I don't really like black women and I want to rape and making rape jokes about them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it all stems from the same root, but it becomes, it's become pathological in terms of the way that we, how we choose to mate and all these different things like how it's it's the it's the constant it's the constant ideology right like we we know that the the history of it comes from the fact that um when when we were being sold as slaves black black people in general but especially black women were seen as subhuman right like they weren't seen as deserving of the same level of respect they weren't seen as as actually being people so when you then try to continue that message, you've got white supremacy still working. Then you've got the people, like we know from slavery times, there were the, the, the coons who were ready to do whatever it took to get into the master's house. And obviously the master was nice. Their master's wife was lovely and sweet, always treating me right. And they're so much better. Like as long as that ideology keeps getting passed down by people, the media still presents black people as subhuman as violent, as, as wicked, as um, overly sexualized objects, then quite frankly, we're always going to be fighting a, a losing battle. Like, I, I don't think it's realistic to assume that we're going to have some sort of um, come to Jesus moment where everyone's eyes are opened. Because like we said, that all that's happened is people have recognized there are certain things that you're not allowed to say in public. That's not to say that they're not still saying it and thinking it and feeling it in private. Boy. I I <laughs> agree. I think that the the opportunity that was missed is the discussion around it, most definitely. I actually don't believe in cancel culture, but I do believe in accountability. Um but I think the fact of the matter is that the way that um, so the social media society is set up these days, realistically, the, as Tunde said, the views that are held by these people actually haven't changed. People are just going to have them privately. And because as a community, we've not come together and explored accountability in in a way that is fruitful or sustainable these things they'll continue to hold these views they'll continue to get that paycheck and life will continue like we know how how fast things move on the timeline literally that was this week's storm next week it'll be something else pages will slowly unprivate death threats will stop and that's the end of it like it, it it's nothing sustainable or fruitful for the culture there's no like lasting impact or like it's just pointless so and that's what that's what i think is a shame that's what I so i think the question is yeah. to... sorry what was that <clears throat> no i was gonna say i i think i, I just agree with everything you said but i also think that um we have to be i think there has to be a very specific conscious effort on the part of black parents in terms of how they allow their children to be formed in relation to how they think about their colour and um, how they think about black women. And I think there's so many 
like multifactorial reasons as well. Like I've even heard, I've heard some black men talk about their relationship with their black mothers, especially those who come from single parent households and how that makes them relate to black women. And I don't, I mean, I can't speak for them, so I don't really want to explore that too much, but like, I think that's something to be thought about as well. Um, I think, um, I definitely think that if you just leave your child to be brought up and not specifically address colorism, like specifically address it, specifically address anti-black women's sentiments as an actual conversation, I don't think, and a regular conversation, I think, especially if you have a black male child, like I think they will automatically become colorist and anti-black women just because of the society they live in. Like I think you have to be a very conscious effort. I think most guys that I've spoken to have at least gone through it at least a couple of years phase in their teenagers where they say that they prefer light-skinned or mixed-race women. Like, almost all black men I know, even the ones who now wouldn't say the same thing. It's just so... And, and all black women... Most of the black women I know who are either brown, because I've been told me, me and Button cannot call ourselves dark-skinned, brown-skinned or dark-skinned, whoever, have gone through, have gone through periods of feeling either insecure or, like, somewhat challenged by... But the fact that you know they're not favored or having an issue with their skin on their head or whatever so I just feel like the problem is that we are not having very deliberate conscious conversations in the same way that we sit down and talk to our children about racism we need to have those sit down conversations about colorism. yeah I I agree I definitely agree with that I think it's got to not even it's got to a stage I think that is an intentional conversation that needs to be had but I think for yeah and I think you can't you can't leave society or social media to address these things because I think a lot of what we're seeing and a lot of what we're taught is does there is a standard of beauty that doesn't look like our children and I think that is something that consciously we need to um you need to address if you're a parent but then I also think there's a responsibility on on each individual and us as a society like you've got to hold it's not just I don't need to wait until I have kids to begin teaching or championing a beauty standard that I think is inclusive for me like I'll hold my friends to account I had a really interesting discussion um this week because we around this same topic because a friend of mine was basically saying what would like what she posed the question what would you actually do if this was your friend like say naturally this would never happen because he's harry but say we went through harry's tweets and harry was the one that got dragged out or cancelled for saying something reckless like i think as a friend it's also the responsibility is also on me to explore that with you yeah so i oh god yeah what did you say to me what that look like that look like yeah so i think that that as okay regardless of whether or not society tells me i can call myself a black woman or not i'm i don't accept i'm brown if as a black woman if if a friend of mine has said something offensive to me i would need to ask them some serious questions around 
what they think is why they think that is the beauty standard where those views came from sorry we're gonna have to go deep because what you've said is deeply offensive and i will i will have to hold you account i don't it's not because i want um i would want like an apology from you or i want you to make amends none of that it's because it's like if you found that your friend was a nazi like these are deeply problematic views that we need to explore and i need to understand where you're coming from i'm really trying to not use phrases like i need you to get on the right page or come to the correct thinking but uh. <laughs> but i think also you can't you can't for, for me it's about how how does somebody become go from being um someone who's a colorist or an anti-black woman to not being like that's i think that's an, that's the thing that i want to ask like because okay maybe and maybe i can talk to tunde and harry about how did you guys make that transition because i know tunde had a past where he was like in love with the the snowflake and it definitely right <laughs> had a, had a, had a want that truth to come out Definitely. and harry definitely had a colorist past so i what i want to know is <sighs> how did you make that transition no, because it's no. Because, because of, it's well, that's the thing. I've we we had this I conversation this, already. I, yeah, I know we had this conversation. I want to have it on the podcast. I and I just want to. I want to say like for me, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't just be saying because I feel like a grown man knows the right thing to say to be like, oh yeah, that was really bad. I'm really sorry I should have said that. Like, it just comes from social conditioning in it, and like that's how everyone thought back in the day. And like I know it's not right. Like what I want to know is how do you how do you change the mindset? Not how do you change the speech or the performance. How do you actually change the mindset? And for me, I don't have colorist male friends that I am aware of. Like genuinely, if I see a male person and all their girlfriends look like Alicia Keys, like all past eyes with them, those are the kind of people I genuinely, generally stay away from. Like, and, and people might say, "Oh, that's a bit extreme," like, but like genuinely, because I know people who are like that. I know that you're a colorist, and I, I don't really want that in my that kind of negativity in my space. Do you know what I mean? Like, I actually don't want it in my space. So all the black men I surround myself with, not that none of them date like some of them, but they're def- definitely equal opportunity type people. They're like, if their woman's fine, she's fine. If she's like, she's fine, she's fine. If she's not, she's like, people who I can see are actively colorist. If they haven't had that conversation themselves and they don't seem willing to have that conversation, I just remove myself from them. That's how I roll. Okay, so to address Nezzy's comments, anyway, <laughs> I can't give you I can't give you the reason I can't give you an answer and like I said I said this to Nezzy at the time I have no problem like if I was actually colorist I would have no problem saying it because why wouldn't I I have no problem saying I was a misogynist before so well, I don't have a problem saying this but the truth you is was? yeah of course well, but the are. truth <laughs> probably still am. but the truth the truth the, the truth the truth is I just I just wasn't I said basically what happened was I once said to Nezzy that I think light skinned girls are better looking. But not just Nezzy, to his black mother as well, just to put that out there. Okay, great. I mean you know. <laughs> sure. I mean, at the time I think I was like maybe twelve. Um <laughs> so I was about twelve. I don't really know what I was saying at the time, and the fact is it just wasn't my reality because the girls that I liked were were dark skinned and light skinned. So I literally didn't have, a, I actually didn't have a preference at the time. I just said it because I think I had just imbibed that from society. So to ask me how I changed that, 
I didn't. <laughs> I didn't actually change anything. I didn't change my preferences. I didn't change anything. I just continued living my life. And funnily enough, I think the more I watched things like Dave Chappelle, funnily enough, I think I got more, let's say I got more black conscious. But I didn't, I don't think I ever like, you know, thought, you know what, actually, that's a bad way to think. I just never said anything like that again. I think they probably, they pulled me up on it. But I just, at the time, I don't even think I really believed what I was saying. Because it's just, it wasn't my reality. So, so you think you were parrot? You were more parroting what you've had. You heard other men say. I was parroting what I'd heard other people. I was parroting what I'd ever. That's and that's why I say like I wouldn't have a, if I actually genuinely felt it, I wouldn't have a problem saying it. But I remember because I remember the whole conversation. I remember the conversation. I'm just like, you know what? I didn't really, I didn't really believe it. And I think that's just because maybe that's a factor as well of the people I was around, of the 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 girls I was around, whatever. I just didn't really. I don't know. I was just an equal opportunities kind of equal person. Opportunity. But, but yeah, but it was, just, it was just that. And the fact that I even <laughs> to say that means that what Nezzy's saying is true, that if you don't actively tell someone it's wrong to be colorist, the default is that they will be colorist, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, and for me, like, I, I think it was, it was two separate things. Like, there was there was that feeling of kind of separation from the, the expectation of what um, it meant to be black when we were growing up. So for me, when I, when I was in primary school, never had any of that, like, cause obviously you don't see it. If a girl's pretty, she's pretty. Um, but then when I got to secondary school and I'm moving around with like the ambitious people, the ambitious folk and in a private school, the the mixture was still like, what's it called? It was still majority white people, but like we had dark skinned black girls, we had light skinned black girls, we had the mix, and they were all buff. Like some of my close, in fact, probably the only friends that I kept from secondary school are two Nigerian dark skinned girls. I was about to reveal too much. Information, I'll leave that. <laughs> Keep it. <laughs> Hold it down. Hold it down. <laughs> Hold it down. Um, <laughs> you fiance <laughs> now. Um, and what, what I just what I just clocked was like what I struggled with was where society told me that you know black girls are loud and they're and they're disruptive and they're the ones who'll be getting on fights on, on public transport and that. And on one side I did see those people, but obviously on the other side, there were the ones who were completely different. And what I, I think where I was unable to put that distinction was the behavior versus um, the, the suggestion that it's completely linked to one type of um, person. So for me, I don't think I ever was at the point where I was like, black girls aren't buff. Um, but I did have the, the perspective of, black girls are like this. So while I can fancy them, they're not going to be the type of people that I end up with. Ah, so it's, from a diff- it's more from a different perspective rather than like not being attracted to them. It was more like they're not going to help me get to where I need to be. Yeah. And hmm. what I think for me, the, the key moment was going to uni. Because once I got to Warwick, you cannot question, like the girls in the ACS there 
they were buff, they were smart, they were funny, True. and they are just, like, they will push you, no doubt. You can't be trying to claim, oh, yeah, they're not the type of people who are going to be ambitious, they're not the type of people who are going to be successful. Girls and millionaires succeeding right now, boy. Out, out of the world kind Jeez. of success. Like, I was nowhere near their levels. And at that point, you can't, once you have the evidence in front of you, there is no way that you turn around and you start to believe any word that, that defies the evidence in front of you. Like, it's, 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 it's obvious, right? So uh, what do you think is experience? For me, yeah, it was. I can't say it's for everyone, but for Here me... Think, okay, so you guys said that, but okay. I'm trying to... I, I get that, but I'm thinking about, like, guys I know who seem to have all the evidence that, I mean, I'm in their life, what can I say? Like, all I the evidence... I was literally about to say, if she says, they know me, they have the evidence, <laughs> I'll believe it. <laughs> have the evidence that they're like brilliant you know fabulous beautiful black women around them but still seem to like I, I just feel like it's something because if okay, people might grow up and have feel like they love their sisters they love their mom have nothing but respect for their sisters and their mom but like you still just prefer light skin girls not even yeah not even that but then also would tweet something really anti-black women and then but if you ask them about their mom or their sister they'd be like don't talk about my mom or my sister my mum's a queen. No, but, like, but, 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 but. I'm trying to understand, like, it, it, is it, because, like, it can't just be, like, they don't have evidence of that in their personal life. But this, no. this thing is not about everyone, right? Like, my experience is different from other people. Okay, fine. Yeah, I hear you. So if it's... Yeah, if, I think the people, the people who say things like, oh, like, rape jokes against black women, or there was something about black women being foxes, and I just didn't get it. Like, I didn't even understand where they came from. But anyway, like, I think you, you, you've you asked, like, a very important question, Lizzie, but you've asked it to two people who would actually never make those jokes about anybody. Yeah, so right. while we can't, I can't come for your um your preference, like, preferences is, uh, no, preferences I feel like is a whole other discussion. So I'm not going to come for your preferences. We'll just put that aside for... We'll just come for the hatred. Day. Yeah, it's it's the hatred and the... With the violent language that people think is okay if you're talking about black women because somehow they're... Dehumanised. You need to... Re- you, there's no requirement of, like, respect or humanity or anything nice. That That is a very... Like you have to be a very wayward individual. But I, I don't. I, that's the thing. I think the problem is you don't have to be that wayward. When I say you don't have to be wayward, I think those individuals are wayward, but they're not anomalous, is what I should say. Like the they're the way they are is not just like uh, a a few people. Like, and that's why I think yeah, the free shots guy and this disanomalous guy, cool. Like, what they said was bad. But you have to remember there's a whole legion of people that follow them and that like their stuff and probably didn't have that much of an issue with the thing. Like some people may have had issues with what they said, some people didn't. And so it is an endemic problem, which I think, which is why I think it's important to get black women's thoughts. And like, this is why I appreciate what you guys are doing in terms of like, how do you, how do you um, move past that? I think personally, it's, it starts off with black parents. Um, but more specifically, I think black, I think, as much as your mum can tell you stuff for sure, 
I think black men need to be having that, that those real conversations with their kids and with their friends and just say like, yo, because for me, again, like, it's just a function of how it's been, but I don't really, if a man around me was saying, yeah, I'm just on light skin things more than dark skin things, I would say, why? And we'd have like, maybe they, there might be people around me who would have, who, you know, wouldn't have the conversation because they know it would just be an argument, not argument, but they knew it would be a thing. Like I, I wouldn't just let them say it because it would be like a conversation because as well, I don't know the goal people at like, because the goal is not to have everyone end up with a dark skin woman. That's not the goal. The goal is to just equally find all spectrum, the whole spectrum of black women attractive. That's it. No, it's not the, even a- the goal just needs to be to mind your own business. If you like this, like it, that. Need to face you your front. Else alone, bro. If you don't like something, you, have, you don't have to open your mouth. To no, talk. I don't think nah, that's I don't agree. I don't think that's, I that's, think it, I think it has to be both. If that's, if that's just the goal, that means that we st- we're still stuck with shows like Black AF and all these other Netflix shows where, where the only women that represent black women are light-skinned women because the preference of the men who are doing the directing and the casting is light-skinned women. So if it's just that, you know, you can have your preference but don't say anything bad about dark women, to me that's not going to go far enough, it's not good enough because I don't, I don't want a situation where my dark-skinned daughter can silently feel that she is, most black, most black men do not prefer her because that's, that's currently the situation we're in. Like even if every black man now didn't air his preferences vocally and didn't um, say anything derogatory about black, dark-skinned black women, they'd feel it. I made an Instagram story about it and, and a dark skin, um, a woman messaged me saying that basically a young woman from church had come to her crying, literally saying, I'm never going to get married because <clears throat> she was looking at all her, co- like her age mates and like people who got married. She's like, all the girls who have been like, sought after, dated, blah, 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 they're all like your mixed race. Like in her particular circle, she's like, I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to get chosen. It's not good enough for me that people just are silently choose, doing their preferences and whatever. There is a problem when if uh, if dark skinned men as a whole cannot see beauty in women who have the same that can never be their preference. That's a problem for me. I don't need every single black dark skinned man to marry a light skin to marry a dark skinned woman or be part of a dark skinned woman or to cast only dark skinned women. It's just more to be open to marrying anybody. I just want an equality. I want a parity. I want there to be I want it to be I want in my circle of male friends that if when I see their dating choices that it hasn't been a thing of every single person they've ever dated since they were 12 years old is only comes in one shade and that is the same for like the vast majority of them like that cannot be the case i think it's fine if a guy is just like you know what well, that's my preference but i'm saying if it's so widespread that is a significant problem in the community like it's not a pocket of people or minority it's just so, way too widespread. hold that hold up i want to bring nimsy in here like nimsy what's your experiences with i guess colorism within the black community I mean, I guess you ain't, you know, dark, dark skinned or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, you're black, so you know about colorism. You're black. I woman. am black. Um, <laughs> are you, as Umar Johnson would say, you are you biologically and physiologically black? Um, yeah. What What has been your experiences with like colorism? Like, I guess either growing up or just like in general, what you seen? Um, it's funny, you know, because back in school, and this is why when I saw Nella's tweets. I wasn't even really that mad because I just knew where it was coming from. Because mm. I know, I think we're around the same age. So I know back in secondary school, it was mad. Like all the guys' preferences was light skin, curly hair, um, green eyes or hazel eyes. Or... green, you know? Wow. 
or just something different. They just wanted them to look exotic, like there was some sort of cocktail or something in a bar. And <laughs> I, just, I just didn't understand it. And it was just like, why is this the preference? It was always, oh, no, you're too dark to some people. And like, oh, you're light enough. Or, oh, you're not dark, you're brown. Or, and I remember this one time as well when in, I think this was around GCSE time where this guy was literally like, oh, how come you're not as light as your profile pic on Facebook? And I was just like, huh? What do you mean? He's like, no, but you, you look a bit darker. I was like, well, there's such thing as lighting, you know, and there's also such thing as, you know, a tan or or something. And even, even I don't even need to explain myself to you. So what's, what's even the issue here? Like, what's, what's the problem? And I just always found it interesting how the topic just was always coming up in every generation. Even, even um, my brother as well. There's always this preference for like light skinned girls. And I just don't get it. I just never really understand. Like, I really don't get it. It's, it's a media thing, right? Like, the more, the more it's promoted, like, Nezzy, I, I hear what you're saying, and I do agree with that point, right? So from a, from a representation perspective, there definitely needs to be better representation because a lot of the time we don't... I don't know whether we address it or we just ignore it or pretend it doesn't exist, but, like, we're, we are directly influenced by what we consume in terms of general media, not just social media, like our TV, our movies, all of that, all of that. If what we continue to see is the portrayal of a happy black family involves a dark-skinned man, a light-skinned woman, a light-skinned daughter, and a dark-skinned idiot son, like, it's, it's been the Hollywood um, formula for how long? What's going to continue to happen is that everyone who's watching it, even if we're like, you know what, let's stop watching um, the, the white Hollywood produced shows because they never show us in a good light and let's only watch the black Hollywood produced shows. They're, they're not doing much better. And, I, and that's, that's where I do, I, I put my hands up, I agree with that. Um, that it needs to have a better rep. Um, just because, yeah, man, the last time we saw an actual functional black family that was dark skin, dark skin, dark skin and everyone was just good, it was everybody Chris, hates Chris. Chris. Oh, everybody hates Chris, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and that wasn't, that wasn't trying to be anything, it was literally just, this is a black family. And it worked. And I feel like there was a tweet I saw where, everyone, where someone was like, all the new shows have been trying to do is recreate that for ages. But the fact is they can't because while they're trying to look like what it looks like to be a black family, the rest of them are just... Um, Everybody Hates Chris was just about being a black family. Mm. But I think also what we, they, they can't recreate it is because they're more focused on aesthetics than they are on actually good acting and good storylines. Like, if your goal is to have... Um, a Yara Shahidi or a Zendaya at every possible juncture in your show, no shade, but like your goal is less is more less on the focus of the, the amazing acting and more on the aesthetic. And if your casting is literally like we're gonna have a brown paper pa- brown paper bag test 
for every single member of the show, then you're excluding a whole bunch of black actors and actresses who could actually be really good actors and actresses. And I honestly feel like when I watched Black AF, I didn't even get through most of it because it was terrible. I was just like, are you literally just casting people based on racial ambiguity because they can't act? Like, is because if 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 your goal is just to cast Instagram models who can't, then I then I understand why the content you're putting out there is not great because <laughs> I'm not I'm not getting stage school from these people. Like, I'm definitely getting. Um, I'm selling this on Instagram. Like, that's what I'm getting. So, uh, so I, I think. Yeah, sorry, I'll just say, I think actually I fully agree that it starts with the media because even if you look at the films and stuff, like, there's so much. Okay, if it was, if it was like a box ticking exercise at the moment in terms of black representation, like, we already discussed. Or have we? Well, anyway, the overrepresentation of um, black people in films and shows. Not that it's a bad thing, but I think when you, if if you were, if it's a box ticking exercise, then you could say, yeah, we're there. But actually, I think that's a really valid point around the storylines because half of these shows do like completely miss the mark, completely miss the mark. Like even. There's so so at the moment we've got Black AF, like who watched that? Who votes? Who votes yes on that one? I mean, <laughs> I watched one episode and it was just terrible. And I and I was trying not to to put aside my my disdain for Kenya Barris and his colorism because to be honest, I actually like Blackish. Like I I overlooked the, co- the colorism of Blackish because I actually enjoyed the show. Yeah, I terrible. agree. I'm sorry. Like I I couldn't even. I was like I'm not even trying to be a hater. This is a bad show. Yeah, Black AF is a bad show. I watched, I think I got through three episodes, but I was kind of, you know, when you watch something, but you're doing something else as well, and then it got to a point where I was like, can someone just turn the noise off? Like, I accept I'm not watching it, but I don't even want to hear it anymore. That's when you know. So then there's also um, uh, Strong Black Lead. Has anyone watched that one yet? Which show called Strong Black Lead? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Wait, am I lying? Fact check, fact check, fact check. Okay, so then there's also... um, Oh, do you know what? I'm lying. That's a that's a page. You're lying. You're lying. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the actual hashtag, like, Strong Black Lead, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm anyway, wait. Me. We haven't we haven't wrapped the colorism thing yet. So, can we just wrap that before we go into black shows and and whatnot? So, colorism is bad, and uh, I'm part of the way we're going to erase colorism is via black men having their conversations with their mandem, parenting the, saying what they're saying, media changing the narrative, yeah, media changing the narrative, and also that cancel culture doesn't work because you're you're not going to unfollow them and you're going to watch them content in two weeks anyway and also it's bigger than individuals it's a communal issue yeah but i think there's something, there is something powerful about deplatforming someone who um tries to spread hate within the community yeah anyway. mr exposed should have been deplatformed a while ago but there you go he's yeah. not going to be here. well since we're talking about colorism um and how bad it is 
I'm gonna let Dr. Umar tell you something. Thug energy is normally anger and pain. That's all it is. I know, because I do therapy with them thugs. And once they see I ain't scared of them, then we can have a conversation. And fellas, I want to be clear now. When we go back to take over the community, because we're going to have to do it, gentlemen, you can't expect the cops to fix this, because they started it. But I want to be clear. I know some of us love our children, but some of our children are so far gone that we're going to have to put some of them to sleep in order to take back the neighborhood. Some of y'all don't want to hear that because you don't live in reality. But I'm telling you as a psychologist, I'm not going to be able to psychologize all of them on the corner. Some of them going to sleep from God! <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, Dr. Uma, that guy. When I heard that on Twitter, I literally screamed with laughter. I've never heard anything funnier than that. I was on the floor. It was so funny. He said, some of them are going to have to go to sleep for good. You know how insane that is. Oh, guys, guys, guys. I better Has he ever clarified what he meant? I think it's clear. Right. Some Europeans circling around the prince. I don't have to pull off the shoddy. <laughs> <laughs> I won't have to pull off the shoddy. Amazing. Amazing. Consciousness over coochie. Consciousness over punani. Mm. Dr. Umar is 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 hilarious, and that's you know it is. And I, I saw someone do like some whole thing of like ah uh, he's duh, duh. like how could you guys be laughing at this guy? He's so harmful. X Y Z. I'm like, the people that want to listen to Dr. Umar will listen to him. The people that don't will make funny memes out of him. Other people who want to be super woke about it don't want to make even don't even want to make funny memes about him, and that's okay. But I'm one of these people that thinks. Actually, a couple of the things he has to say about interracial dating sometimes makes sense. Most of the time, no. But a couple of times I've been like, mm. but a broken clock is always right twice a day. In general, the majority of what he says is rubbish, but it's still funny. And I think it's hilarious. And I'm cool with the memes. So I'm going to keep laughing. I don't know how you guys feel. I think, I don't know. I sometimes think we take more power out of what people, um, out of someone who's problematic by making fun of them. Yeah, and I definitely think we've got to Umar. It's become a joke. Like, yeah, he's not a serious candidate. No one takes him seriously as like an advocate, like as a black community. Like people just make jokes about him. People did, you know? They're yeah, really... they did before, but, they've but they did before. But people... I think less so. I think yeah. the more people make fun of him, made him into a meme, the less people take him seriously. Like I they, think like, before him, if anything, he was like a yeah. But before he was always like a, he was becoming like a bit of a community icon, like a slightly problematic hotel. Now he's just—he's yeah, mean. Like you listen he's to mean, that clip and say, "Yeah, you say some people, some of your children are going to have to be put down for good." You immediately know this is not a guy that needs to be taken seriously, and you just laugh at him. If you still, as a person, still think that he is a—he is a guy that's quite smart and is worthy of listening to after that, we couldn't have helped you before. What could we have? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> How could we have helped you before? <laughs> like. <laughs> And I understand it. Like some people, are like yeah, well, he said all problematic things against her. And I'm like, if you, if you're gonna take, if you wanna take offense and blah blah, blah that's fine. That's totally within your rights to do that. Me, I choose to laugh, and I guess I can do it from a non-privileged perspective. Trump. Huh? Yeah, I sometimes laugh at Donald Trump. Like sometimes I find Donald Trump mean? hilarious. I laugh at Donald Trump all the time. 
The guy said to he no, told people to. Like- yeah, but it's like I'm sorry, but these people who are just like, oh, we can't laugh. Listen, if you don't want to laugh, that is fine. You don't have to laugh. That's okay. That's your right. I'm not going to take that away from you. But if I want to laugh, I will laugh. <laughs> I'm going to laugh. <laughs> Donald Trump is here. Donald Trump, I'm sorry, is absolutely hysterical. The guy is like the most powerful man in the world. And in the midst of a crisis, he's tweeting about his ratings. He's tweeting about how bad, how unfunny some of the late night shows are who, who are cussing him. He's telling people that you should maybe try and inject, like inject bleach and disinfectant. Causing some of the governors oh to have to gosh, say, guys, actually, say, don't, don't do that. I came across somebody in my practice who had. No. Yeah, who was following. Who was following. No, no. no you but they're American. Like, please don't do this. Wait, yeah. Just PSA. Some of the things, some of the things huh? I hear, yeah. Some of the things I hear, I'm just like, that's not real advice. We real medical advice cannot be don't drink bleach. Because why would you? You would. Who, I've had to give would, real medical advice to somebody asking them not to drink antiseptic. To spoil antiseptic and see, that would be the the thing that gives me pause to be like, well, maybe we shouldn't laugh because he is actually a very dangerous man. Well, <laughs> if I don't laugh, if I don't laugh, I'll cry. What can exactly. I do? I have to laugh. I have to laugh. <laughs> What you can do is block him out, bruv. Sorry. Can I I just say, yeah, I did, so obviously everyone's got 595 Zoom quizzes a week. But I hosted a quiz the other day and one of my rounds was Trump or not. So I had like seven or eight quotes. And it was like, did Donald Trump say this or is this a lie? And... this man researching some of his quotes like this man is mad he's mental he's a mad but then there are some really funny things that he says like my favorite one that i used was he said why would why would kim um kim jong un call me old when i would never never call him short and fat the leader of the quote-unquote free world i can't <laughs> i'm sorry i think that's legendary you're talking with like the leader of like a corrupt crazy dictatorship and do you say that literally and this is big big media brief press briefing and then he goes on to say we're best friends obviously like the guy is mad he is deluded and mad so do you do you know what is crazy though Trump is bad. He's really bad. But you know, like Bolsonaro is like ten times worse. Bolsonaro is the the, the president of Brazil. So they yeah. said, like in Brazil, more than five thousand Brazilians have lost their lives to coronavirus. And so on, like last Tuesday, he said he actually said, "So what?" So they asked him about the record four hundred seventy four deaths that day, and he said, "So what?" I'm sorry. What do you want me to do? He said, "What?" Genuinely, that's <laughs> no, a genuine quote. You can read it in the Guardian. It's actually true. I'm sorry. He he. I listened to. I I was reading up about him. Yeah, it was last week actually because he apparently got tested for coronavirus, wouldn't release the results, um, but was like openly symptomatic, and then was doing like meet and greets. Yeah, literally shaking old people's hands, shaking kids' hands taking people's phones to get pictures of like he, people are wild people are wild it's, and it's not even just like, 
it's the whole administration as well. Like Mike yeah. was at a hospital last week and he was there, no mask on, even though the hospital told him beforehand that they weren't admitting any visitors without masks, like trying to shake people's hands. Like these people fly in the face of science and the people that are following them. It's the reason why the protests in, in America have such strength is because the, the, the people that they follow, the Trumps, the Pences, that whole administration spent four years telling people that science ain't real. So why would they suddenly now listen when they're being told, look, there's a virus that is affecting people, it's killing people, you need to stay inside? Of course they're not going to stay true. inside. But this is, this is the thing, and I think that's why it's tricky, is because like, as much as I can look at these kind of figures and say, oh, Bolsonaro, what a moron, Trump, what an idiot, there are people that actually really listen to these people, and they're so, they're so dangerous and just like... Like Bolsonaro, like the mad thing, like if you think Trump is bad, Bolsonaro, like I think Trump is one of the worst humans to walk this earth in the last few years. And Bolsonaro is 10 times worse than he is. Bolsonaro literally pushed someone and said, I wouldn't rape you, you slut. Like you're too ugly to rape. This is as a politician. Yeah. He also said that he's incapable of loving like a gay child. And just mad, like, he's just, like, he said the most mental, like, things you could think of. And this is as a politician, like, not even as a private citizen. Obviously, it's still terrible. But, I mean, as a politician, he said these things. Mm-hmm. And people still voted for him. And so, yeah. the, the Prime Minister of the Philippines. Oh, jeez. He was basically, like, he sent the, sent everyone on vigilante drug killing sprees. Yeah. when he was trying yeah. to clamp down on illegal drugs. Um, now, he's saying that anyone who breaks curfew can get can get shot. Like, there's just dictators all over the place. And Trump's, uh, and Trump's, is, Trump's is their best friend. Just an ineffective one, that's all it is. He so you know what we've seen? What we've seen really positively from coronavirus, I feel like it's women leadership for the win, because New Zealand and Germany exactly. seem to be... Like, the two countries with the most... The countries with the most toxic, quote-unquote, quote toxic masculinity leaders are the ones with the highest infection rates and seem to be doing the worst. The two, um, just, is it Jacinda Ardern? Is that her name in Jacinda New Zealand? Jacinda Ardern, yeah. And um, Angela Merkel in Germany. I think Germany's doing quite well as well. The Merkel. I yeah. just feel like there definitely could also be a conversation about why male leadership, why, why certain masculine energies are very good in certain facets of leadership and why actually we also why i think we need women and men in leadership is because i feel like there's different energies that kind of balance each other off and i feel like women are a lot more for the most part used to one like admitting they don't know they're not they don't know not selling themselves overselling themselves but actually underselling themselves so men are naturally taught to be like more confident and be like i'm in charge i'm capable i know what i'm doing even when they don't know what they're doing and women are, are taught more to be like less confident and actually like sell themselves less and actually listen more to advice from other people. And I feel like in a crisis like this, what you need is people who are humble enough to be like, hey, I'm not a scientist. So I'm going to take my advice from a scientist. Oh, we might actually not be doing too well here. Let's backtrack. Let's look at this again and see how we can do better. I think it's just a lack what of... What you don't need is toxic male energy being like, no, nah, I've got it under control. No, nah, it's cool. It's fine. It's fine. And you don't have it under control. That's the last thing you need in this kind of crisis. It's just the ideas of it's just the ideas of masculinity that are the problem. Like 
these guys are like everything that's wrong with masculinity. But if you have people that are more like someone like I don't know what's like these name from Canada. Why has man his name gone? From Trudeau, Trudeau. 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 Justin Trudeau. Yeah, like who seems a bit more who seems more reasonable. Like I think yeah, the more toxic toxic masculinity like toxic masculinity having a leader, like the the worse your country worse off your country is going to be. And you well, see, especially something like, like the coronavirus, you need something like a measured response. Um, yeah, we need, we need a man who we can trust in t- when things are going hard to be able to go home and show that he is thinking first and foremost of his five to seven, maybe eight <laughs> 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 uh, children who, if we put him on a battlefield, would rugby tackle in football yeah. Would definitely body slam a small child in a touch rugby game. Yeah. And would take I don't know, a week off a week off um for for like furlough, then three weeks six leave, and then suddenly have paternity leave on top of it in the middle of a crisis. Legend. 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 Yeah. That's our PM guys. Yep, that's exactly what we need. Vote Not for you now, but it's what you needed. It's what we deserve, let's be honest. It's what this country deserves. The ethnics, the ethnics of this country don't deserve it. But we didn't deserve it, but the rest of the country deserves it. They yeah, they do. That's Sorry. What, that's what they asked for. That's what they asked so, for. So they have it now. Yeah, also, I hope that all these uh, these uh, Brexit people, now that um, we're not getting enough people to, to pick fruit, I hope yeah. they're first in line. In fact, <laughs> not even first in line, they should be conscripted. Since you lot had the same energy, you lot all... go. 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 <laughs> they, they love an army. They love a, they love a war effort. Yeah, war I effort. Want you go. In, I want you knee-deep in raspberry bushes. Trust me, pick my raspberries, blood. Pick my ago, raspberries. Knee-deep in raspberry bushes. And you know what? I was saying it the other day. Personally, I feel like I would not be satisfied unless any vaccine that comes out of this testing is tested by Brexiters. I <laughs> Brexit first. Yeah. I want your first in line three doses of this vaccine. You must yeah. test this. Do you know yeah. what? I said the same. I said the same thing when they came. When the scientists were that thing came out and they wanted to test in Africa, I was literally mm-hmm. like, you know where you need to start? Hyde Park, because every person that thought to themselves, uh, "This thing is a conspiracy," or I'm not going to stick to the lockdown laws. That's mm. fine, brethren. Come and get your shot. Come and get your vaccine. Because <laughs> people like me, listen, they said there could be a deadly virus out there. Even before the lockdown, you know where I was? I was at home, in um, my yard. In my house. People talking about this is their fourth week in lockdown. I'm like, sis, talk to me when you've been here for 10. Like, <laughs> listen, <laughs> we do not play with death, okay? We play with many things. But death, no, sir. Me, what people, I all see people um, doing actual house parties, like actual house parties. I see 10 men in a front room that is not big. That's your business. But all of you lot need to be first in line to buy the vaccine. And when, when I can see that you, you're, it's not dead of you, it's not killed you, then, then, then we, may, we may give it to me because, no. Nah. That's what I think. That's the thing that's vexing me about this thing, and it's my my problem is that all these people have the same rights to vote and all these different things as me. So there's now anti-lockdown protests going on in London, um, and I just think 
you know, these people are not only putting themselves in danger. If it was just that, fine. But they're putting the police that have to mind them in danger, the security service, like security officers, like they're putting the NHS in danger. They're putting everyone in danger. Like, honestly, boy, I don't know. Fire for them. (laughs) But I just think that's awful. I think it's absolutely awful. Like, most of them are Huh? Most of them look like crackheads. It's true. (laughs) It's actually true. He says crackhead. Oh, oh. No, can I actually can I actually ask a controversial? Actually, it's not controversial. Actually, it depends on your answers. Where do you guys stand on the NHS claps? Dead man, done with it, bro. I will, I will jump out and say they're dead. Listen, I understood it for the first two times. Now. It's not like they can't pretend... They're, they're pretending they've not heard us when we've said, you know what, if you really want to appreciate them, stop making us fundraise. It's when, it's when I started seeing, oh, send £5 in for the NHS. The National Health Service does pay for by taxes. <laughs> what are you talking about? Pay the people. If no. Can do, I just say, yes, I did... Wait, I did... I got tagged bare people who I thought were my friends, but clearly they're not tagged me in that five 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 challenge yes and i was like oh man i looked at it i was like oh man the hardest thing about this is going to be the 5k run but i psyched myself up the first time we did not succeed but the second time we (laughs) succeeded and we did the 5k run and it was all good and i was like yeah 5k run done tag five people calm wait what five pound where what to virgin five pound to richard branson Branson? Richard Branson? 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 No. I Hold on, like, why are you giving five pounds to Richard? I'm confused. Because that's what the... That was the main fundraising platform they were using. Free Virgin Money. Whoever did that, they should have they should have thought about it first. Like, dude, there's GoFundMe, man. Even, even my... Um, you know, literally, even my gym... Even my gym... But so I pay like what seventy, let's say seventy-ish pounds a month. Yeah, Are you rich, for my rich. gym. Huh? Are you rich, rich. So I know. For gym. I'm here yeah, thinking yeah. pure gym is, is pushing it really. Yeah, I don't go to pure gym. Let's leave it there. Um, so I pay for <laughs> my gym membership, and they emailed me at the beginning of like the official quarantine and was like, oh um we're offering all members the chance to continue paying your membership so that we can donate it to the nhs and i literally i think that's the most read email that i've ever engaged with because i honestly read it about five times because i don't <laughs> understand what you're talking about <laughs> so they really I cannot it. make it make sense i can't make it make sense so my taxes i give to you even my hard work bonus, you then come and tax on top of the taxing those taxing that's happened. So all the taxes that I'm Don't getting. Forget the tax on inheritance that's been taxed during the whole of your lifetime. Literally, literally. Every, I can't, not a money can touch my hand without you taking a piece of it. Then the little piece that comes to my hand, you want to say, do you want to give me some more? Excuse you. <laughs> Never. That's, and that's, that's, just, why, that's why I know it's a scam. What do you mean keep clapping? 
for what? Like at this point, yeah. you're literally not paying for anything else. Everyone's yeah, like, right. There is nothing more to. There is nothing to get. The first week, even the first from the very first week, I was like, yeah, that's cute, but you guys weren't trying to fund this, so the doctors and nurses I know can't pay, and all the all the key workers can't pay bills with your clap. So what is this serving anyone? It's, this country is just symbolicness for no reason, man. Like they're, just, they're all this whole country is wayward. It's, it's just wayward, honestly. Wayward, even down to the fact Boris Johnson, given his childhood Jamaican name, is the most. The most wayward of them all. <laughs> like, he called his child. Imagine, imagine Boris Johnson be like, Will Fred? Will Fred? Will Fred, come here. <laughs> <laughs> The whole country is wayward. Will Fred, you did that till me window? <laughs> like, mm, yeah. God. <laughs> the, the claps, the claps. There's no, there's no controversy there. It's, it's an empty, empty symbol. And the same people. Uh, yeah. Turnaround once we're out of this. Like, if, if one of the first items on the table for discussion in Parliament isn't about an increase in funding to the NHS, like, all of your clubs. It won't be. Of course it, it won't be. The same people will vote for the same... Literally. Uh, turn around, vote for the Conservatives again, and then be like, well, yeah, those junior doctors asking for too much to be asked to be paid a living wage. For what? For what? Don't <laughs> think, I, I don't pay my good hard-earned money. I, I earn the equivalent of 70 grand a week. Am I am I rich? Right. <laughs> oh my god, no man. All of it. Like it's it's as if I've forgotten. I don't get it. These were the same people who a couple of years ago complained when the junior doctors asked to be paid a living wage. And then a year later we were talking about how seventy K putting you in the five top five percent of earners. And there's people are acting obtuse like, Yeah, well, you know, that's what I've earned. Well, how about we, we give it to the doctors? And now you want to do claps for them. Ooh, man. Yeah, no, nah, I'm not here for it. I'm not here for it. All the claps is doing is serving the media agenda to be like, oh, we're not going to pay you anymore, but if you could work doubly hard, we really support you, so we're going to clap. Um, but if you could just save everyone's life and put your own lives in, in danger in the meantime, like that would be great. Does that, that sound like a fair... Everyone cool with that, yeah? No, no, we'll definitely have a discussion when this is all over. Once we get through the crisis, we'll definitely have a discussion. They absolutely, and they absolutely won't. But one thing I do want to ask is everybody been wearing their face masks? I've not left the house. Like, at all? Like, basically now, the one time I left the house was for the 5K run I did. I've just been... Wow. Like, so how are you eating? You getting your send out to do that for you, yeah? Yeah. Mum, mum. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when I when I grow up, I want to be like Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll be real. I haven't been wearing a face mask. Why? I'd be wearing I, mine and my gloves. Have you been? Using- I okay. First of all, when I've gone out, in fact, when I went and did shopping, I did. If I if I go into if I'm going into a shop or crowded place, then yeah, I'll wear it. If I'm just going for like my government sanctioned walk or run of the day, 
I've not been wearing it. Okay. Because I, mean, I ran so fast, I ran past germs, past all the germs. <laughs> I'm so done. I'm so done. Have any, if any of you guys have seen um, Buttons Run, then you know how ludicrous that actually is. I don't understand when this became a podcast where Nezzy wow. was just going to shoot, 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 <laughs> a spray of bullets and wow. to anyone. Like anyone could touch it. When did that become? This? Well, let's. Uh... No one was expecting it. Everyone's just standing around. Literally. <laughs> any drive by. <laughs> Um, and I will actually have you know that I have made face masks. I have literally sewed them with my hands on my really? sewing machine, and they look pretty good. If I do, they do. I've seen them, which is why I don't know why you're not wearing them. They actually look good because it's quite difficult to run in. Okay, I hear that. To be fair, because when I've been out, no, I walked been running with that. Yeah, when I walk, so I feel like that's when people need to wear them because they're just heavy breathing and spreading their. Ge- and some of you runners are not considerate. Like, you run really close to people, like, breathing. Yeah. I need people when they're running to just keep a wide berth. True talks. Okay, so what I want to be ending on is, um, we touched on it earlier, but um, talking about black shows and... Um, well, actually, first, I want to start with a quote from Umar Johnson. Well, it's not a quote from Umar Johnson, but it could be a quote from Umar Johnson. How comes... <laughs> what? How comes Wait, everybody... Well, what? Now, listen. How comes everybody hates Chris, but everybody loves Raymond? Hmm. <laughs> Ponder on that. <laughs> Ponder on that. <laughs> so I don't have time to psychologize why y'all don't un- get understand it. But anyway, um, so yeah, talking about black shows, Black <laughs> AF comes out. Has come out. It's it's been out for a while. Obviously, Kenya Barris has been doing a number of shows like mixed ish, blackish, grownish, whateverish. Um, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Ambiguous ish, you know. It's called mixed ish. Don't be rude. Ambiguous. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna move past wow. that comment real. I'm gonna skirt past that comment real quick. Um, oh, no, 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 wait. Why was why was why was I wrong for saying that? That wasn't you. you that was Buttons who said it. Said what? Ambiguous. Yeah, she said it. Yeah, and I then didn't. what you said. Anyway, I'm I'm moving past I it. Said oh. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. So I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm, I'm moving past that to say. What are some of the what are some what are some of the shows that you know you guys grew up watching, and how do they compare to the, like kind of the black family shows of today? So I can kick off like I I some of my favorite shows are probably like I guess it wasn't growing up, but it came later. Like Everybody Hates Chris, loved that show. It was later for me, but I'd say Bernie Mac show grew up on that. Um, I loved that. Also, um, like obviously Fresh Prince is a standard. My wife and kids too. Um, yeah, what other shows did you guys grow up on? Like black shows, cartoon shows. Who? Oh, Kaching. Oh yeah, oh, Kaching. Yes. UK, dope show. Taj. Uh, I wasn't really like a black show for saying Cleopatra, was... obviously. Cleopatra, coming at ya. 
So there was also, like, obviously you got the sister-sister, Marisha, girlfriend. Oh, there was also that's so even. But that wasn't, the thing is, what are we calling black shows? Are we just naming things that have black people in it? Cause, no, yeah. I'm talking about shows of black, like, black family shows. Like, I don't, I don't think that's so Raven is, like. That's what Raven was a black show. Yeah, that was a black show. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I would say like Cleopatra is a black show. I used to I so I actually watched shows that were kind of like before my time, but I've watched them like all the whole series on the internet. So like I love a different world. Oh, I like a different world. That was a good show. The Cosby Show. I love the Cosby Show. I know Bill Cosby's cancelled, but the Cosby Show is fantastic. Um, Everybody hates Chris is my favorite. Yeah, I would say I would say probably the one that I think was consistently one of the funniest is Everybody Hates Chris. I think that show was all round very funny, and that majority of the characters were funny as well. So it yeah. wasn't just that because I think there's certain shows I don't know where you found that like aside from the main character, everyone else is actually kind of a dead character. Like when I look back, I love my wife and kids, but when I look back, Michael was funny. Jay wasn't really funny. Claire wasn't really funny. Do you know what? I did funny. like my wife and kids. Yeah, but that's because I, Mike I Carl carried like, the show. Mike I Carl was like hilarious. Slapstick humor. You don't like but, what? Like slapstick humor. Like I don't. I didn't really find Michael. It's not my type of funny. Yeah, I I said that as well. I don't. I for my wife and kids, it's, it's funny-ish, but like it's not. It's definitely oh not out there. I don't. No, it's it. like it's like it's Michael like some, it's like very silly. Hu- some is like very silly humor, but I just yeah. find it hilarious. Like like Calvin, like it's just and yeah. See, I don't. That's the, yeah. That for me, Bernie. I'm just like Bernie yeah. Mac. Hmm, is that bad? <laughs> yeah, Bernie Mac show was funny, but Bernie Mac is always hilarious. Like Bernie Mac is in anything. He's he's just funny. Any film, whatever, he's just funny. Fresh Prince, I absolutely love. And so I think Fresh Prince like had one of the best casts in terms of like funny people all around i think most yeah. of the characters were funny like carlton was funny um uh, hillary yeah hillary was funny like yeah jeffrey was hilarious but the fact that jeffrey in in other shows jeffrey wouldn't be more than like a side character that you barely remember mm. but he actually had a role a part to play even though he was the help yeah, yeah he, was he was hilarious. like he was like the voice of wisdom and reason a lot of time. Master William, those <laughs> jokes. He was all the time. When him and when him and Uncle Phil went to the pool hall to rescue Will's money. Oh yeah, yeah, gangster, gangster. Break out Lucille. <laughs> Break out Lucille. Yeah, yeah. But here's, here's the thing. The other thing about that, yeah, I think my personal funniest moment from that show, personally, is. I think you must have a confused with your mama and he just gets punched. I think that's the funniest. <laughs> I think that is one of the funniest episodes. No, the funniest scene for me is the um the funniest scene for me is the when they're in the basement and um <laughs> oh, yeah, like, take them, take them and busts off all their nails, takes that like that is the funniest scene. Yeah, yeah. So funny. Girl getting on my nerves. Going out of my mind, I thought she was fine. Don't know. Don't know if somebody's hers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great show. 
And I really like, okay, so the things that I actually, contrasting everybody, so I was talking to somebody else and they were saying that um, they found Everybody Hates Chris more relatable because, like, Fresh Prince was, like, very much, like, middle class, upper middle class family and everyday, Everybody Hates Chris. Okay, like no, that was not normal. middle class. That was upper class. Upper middle class. <laughs> that is, like, that is not middle class. You had a living I said help. middle class slash upper middle class, I said. A Supreme Court judge. Okay, yeah, a Supreme Court not. judge where they have bank and they know celebrities, bare celebrities, okay, sorry, and they have a help. How is that not upper class? That's an upper middle class. No, it's, it's not upper, upper middle class. class. That is upper class. To me, upper class. To me, upper class is only landed gentry. You can be upper middle class and be. Hold on, is is Tunde's mic muted? No, it's not. You lot are just talking too much. Okay. They went with Donald Trump. Okay, that's true. But to me, upper middle class, upper class is for me, I don't know if it's the British thing, it's only landed gentry. Do you just find it difficult to accept that a fully black family could be premium upper class? class. Is that what we've uncovered? I just said, upper, to me, upper class is landed gentry, as in royalty. I don't no. consider someone, or like, not, not just royalty, but yeah, landed gentry, like, titles like sir or sir or... Like, I yeah. guess in America it's different. I guess in America yeah. they have upper class. I don't think America has an upper class. They do. They they All right. Do you want to? Do you want to keep digging? I, or... wouldn't, I wouldn't call Kim. No, no, wait. Because I wouldn't call Kim Kardashian upper class. She is. Okay, hold up, hold up. No, okay, let's. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Hold up, Nezzy. Do you want to keep digging? Let me, or Nezzy, let me give you. Class. Let me give you. Let me give you the definition. The main dis- distinguishing feature um, of the upper class is. The ability to divide, derive enormous incomes from wealth through techniques such as money management investing rather than engaging in wage labor or salaried employment. Successful entrepreneurs, CEOs, politicians, investment bankers, venture capitalists, heirs to fortune, some lawyers, top flight physicians and celebrities are considered members of this class by contemporary sociologists. Um, there may be prestige differences. An A-list actor may not be accorded as much prestige as a former U.S. president. Yet all members of this class are so influential and wealthy as to be considered members of the upper class. So I think I understand what you're saying, Nezi, because it, it's like it's like the, you're talking about like the actual power and clout that they have. But I think a Supreme Court judge has clout. Yeah, no, I know. I think I think of class to me is um, in a in a very UK sense, like. I could never be upper class no matter how much money I had because no, I, I, know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You know what and I, I, I see, I see why. But I'm just saying, like the fact is that Phil and them were bloody rich. But yes, yes. Rich. we're discovering really that these two are actual secret millionaires, and they just never brought us in, and they just want to. Hide. <laughs> I'm so confused. I'm so confused. I don't know what the takeaway is, but I don't feel good about it. Sorry, this is a side. This is a side. This is a sideway topic about what. Class, I know this, this is why class is stupid because it doesn't, it's so subjective and irrelevant. Anyway, the point is, <coughs> I thought Fresh Prince of Bel Air was great. And I think one of the great, great things about Fresh Prince of Bel Air versus Everybody Hates Chris is that they both showed two black families, but like very different types of black families, but they were both really valid and both addressed very. And I liked that Everybody Hates Chris showed a traditional working class black family. And they weren't ghetto or hood, quote unquote. Not that there's anything wrong with say, but as in like they weren't the negative stereotypes associated with ghetto or hood. They were just a normal working class black family. 
they weren't super rich. And yeah, it was just, just it was very relatable. It was just a normal black family. Yeah, they were a family that that looked after each other, that loved each other, and it was yeah. 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 And, and, and I like, think the mum the mum was a great character. Yeah, and I think oh, she was fantastic. Be, like it didn't shy away from the fact that um even though Julius was having to work multiple jobs, he put that he 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 made sure that his kids understood that it wasn't a case for them to work less hard or believe that they couldn't achieve just as much. Yeah, the reason exactly. he was working as hard as he was was to give them the opportunities that he never had. And I loved how Rochelle was like ghetto bougie. Like I loved that. Mm-hmm. I love that Rochelle would walk out of places and say, I don't need to do this, I'm going to have two jobs. I just, that's my favourite line of the whole show. <laughs> because I see myself, I'm like, you are me, I am her, that's exactly how I would be in that situation. Like, and I have to do this when I have two jobs. Any, any disagreements from anyone else? Cause... Uh, yeah, no, no disagreements. Nimsy, since you're, you're, you're maybe slightly younger than everybody, like what, did you grow up in the same shows? Different, the same? I did grow up on the the same shows. Thank you very much. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Thanks. Bet out my name. Gone. Bet out the government name. Sorry. <sighs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Go on. Go on. Um. Yeah, I grew up on Fresh Prince. I used to watch One on One. That used to be on the Trouble the Trouble Channel. Oh, oh. So you, you see? That's how I know you look. I never had Sky, you know. Never had it. Never, never have had it. You've just been I didn't have Sky either. Upper middle class. Right? Let's not pretend this, yeah? <laughs> nah, bruv. I did not have Sky. Trust me. We simply, we simply had... Had Wilfred change the channel for us. <laughs> <laughs> we never had... I can firmly say we didn't have Sky. Our parents were like... It wasn't even just about... First of all, like money wise, our parents spent all our money, their money on sending us to private school, so we didn't have money for extra stuff. And two, like even if they had had the money, it wouldn't have been on TV. Sorry, can you just can can anyone hear like my really really tiny violin playing? Can anyone hear that? Oh my gosh! I'm just saying we didn't have Sky. I'm not saying we had a hard life because we didn't have Sky. I'm just saying it wasn't part of our. <laughs> we didn't have. <laughs> we we didn't up. have any leftover money because our parents <laughs> just worked so hard <laughs> sending us to private school. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I Can you... am dying. Oh. <laughs> Can we just continue, please? Fine. I guess I dug that home for myself. I'm yes, no, in did. no way saying that I, I, I was hard done by it anyway. I'm just saying that Sky wasn't part of my childhood. Yeah, we, used to, we used to go to friends' houses for that. That's when we used yeah, to love we, going we to friends' houses. To friend, we used to love going to friends' houses because we were out to watch Trouble and we just didn't have it at home. We had books. Like, literally, we had books. Yeah, books was the thing still. Nibsy, back to you, your shows, or was that everything? Back to me, yes. Um, oh, also Girlfriends. Who watched Girlfriends? I love Girlfriends. So, sorry, I know it both begins with N, yeah, but you're Nezzy. <laughs> Nibsy's the other one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I, yeah, carry on. <laughs> 
No, I didn't have Sky either. I used to, um, my neighbor, my old neighbor used, um, had Sky. So we used to go over to, to his house and, and watch it all the time. And my grandma had Sky as well, but we only had Freeview. <laughs> so I couldn't relate, unfortunately. But Fresh Prince, One on One. Yeah. Um, Boisha, Marathon Kids, Everybody Hates Chris. And then the typical cartoons, but they're not black, so I can't put those in there. You have the Proud Family. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. I guess we have the Cleveland <laughs> show. I'm joking. No. <laughs> My name is Cleveland Brown, and I am proud to be. <laughs> My happy black guy face. I'm dead. I can't believe that 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 show managed to fly. But anyway, um, <laughs> that live, my happy black guy face. That is just wow. That would not have flown now. Um, what was I going to say? But yeah, what do you think is the difference between like those shows and like the ones we have today, like Black AF and Blackish now? Like, what do you think is the difference, and why didn't they go over as well? I think a, a lot of more, a lot more light skinned wives. Oh, I mean, <laughs> just to run down a list for you, my wife and kids, light skin wife, fresh prince, light skin second wife, uh, light skin second, light skin second wife, one on one. I think light skin wife. Wouldn't it? I, I mean, I, I Wait, is, is one of the is one on one the one with Lisa Ray? Is one of the one with one of Lisa Ray? Sister, sister, no. sister, no, no. no. Who's what show is Lisa Ray McCoy in? Uh, I think it's one on one, isn't it? I don't remember. Okay, it's whatever buff. show that is, Lisa Ray McCoy is buff, but I don't know. I, I don't know if it's that show. She was in um, Single Ladies. Isn't she in Living Single? Living Single. Oh. No, that that's was not. Not that, that was not. She was um, in Single Ladies. She was in All of Us. That's the one. Oh. Yeah, all of us. Yeah, I remember that show. Um, I it, guess you were more likely to have dark skin characters back then, because even with it, always happened. It happened a lot though, where they had a black, a dark skin character first, and they swapped them out. Like even in my and kids, they had dark skin Claire and they swapped her out. They also had dark skin. Um, what's her face? Junior's girl. Oh Vanessa. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a reach though. Megan Good's not dark skinned. Darker skinned than the one. Yeah, they, yeah, it's true. They they swapped yeah, her out for a lighter skin model. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't know why they do that. It was Megan Good for goodness sake. Anyway. I I wanna see, I really wanna say that what what um Mimsy said was problematic and I don't agree with it, but <laughs> I think it goes back to what you said earlier, Nezzy, about, okay, we can't just have colour, colourism box ticking. It's got, the storyline has got to resonate. It's got to make sense. And who was it who did that interview the other day? Ah, oh, famous black actor in the US. And he was like, um, the reason that I want diverse um, 
people on my set and why I want black women on my set is because there are things that they put into the narrative, into the set design, into everything that other people, other cultures won't understand. And then they use that example of the the smell of a hot comb and was like that under like that's that smell that moment that experience is something that not many people can relate to and I think that's like that the nuances that we bring to our story like it sounds so basic that you would need to say that you would need to have black people men and women if you're going to tell a black story but it's true you need them behind the scenes and not just in front of like on camera yeah, which is which is why I think this story has worked so well, right? Like, you couldn't possibly have had the impact of all of the stories, like all of Fresh Prince's biggest stories, from um, him and him and his dad, um, the second leaving, uh, the Carlton not black enough, the uh, arrested while driving, essentially arrested while dri- driving while black episode. Um, the oh, what other one? there's another one that came to mind like all of those ones where you actually have those 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 black as a central centerpiece of the of the discussion it was all written by black people behind the scenes who are writing it from a first person perspective trying yeah. to write other people's experiences will never be as authentic and that's the thing and it sounds so basic to say but that is actually the truth like unless unless you're telling your story you will sit like empathy is a nice idea but you can never truly step into someone else's and write a story of their experience in a way that accurately retells the emotion as well as the action behind it and i also think that's true. um I do definitely think, like, when I think back on some of the shows that were really good, like, Girlfriends was written, um, was, like, Mara Brock-Akeel and Celine McKeel, um, who were, like, a, a black couple. Um, and people like Debbie Allen were involved with, like, a different world. There were a lot of black women behind the scenes. Um, and even when I look at things like Ava DuVernay, um, just that, like she's done a show called Cherish recently, which people said is really good. Again, not very. Like, in terms of the color casting, um, in terms of the skin tone casting, also had represent- representation of brown skin people. Like, she seems to do a good job of being diverse. She, you know, she doesn't exclude anybody. So there's lots of shows where she does have her, you know, a spectrum of colors. But it just seems like people like Kenya Barris um, seem to continually miss the mark when it comes to and even in his show Black AF one of the criticisms was like how it the vast majority of black people can't relate to the lifestyle portrayed in the show which I don't think is necessarily a problem because I feel like people can write what they want to write there are there are multiple stories that we can tell about black people and it doesn't all have to be everybody hates Chris like that's fine but I yeah. think there needs to be a diversity of stories not just in terms of skin tone but also in terms of like socioeconomic background, um, everything that people need to be seen, like everyone deserves to be seen, like gender, sexuality, everyone deserves to be seen in these shows because everybody exists, right? So 
if we have a thing where we're only making shows about affluent Kenya Barris knows that he's the it guy at the moment right so he's the one making loads of shows and for him to be like oh I'm just gonna make shows that represent my family I think as a black person is really irresponsible because as a black creator whether you like it or not we can be like oh black people shouldn't have responsibility for the community but I'm sorry I feel like as a person as a black woman that I do have responsibilities for the community in what I put out there in the world so if I know that I have multi-million dollar deals to create like 10 shows and I only make, I make every single show about my mixed race wife and our mixed race children who live in a massive house and have help and have gold chains and Lexuses. I feel like as a black content creator, that's irresponsible. Mm. Um, especially if you know that the doors aren't opening for a bunch of other people. So you have the opportunity to make five, six shows and you're going to make them all about the same type of blackness. And it's a very it's limited boring. Very, It's boring and it's also a very privileged blackness. And the other thing about Black AF, sorry to remember, it doesn't make sense, is that it was trying to teach, like, quote-unquote important lessons, but using the most ridiculous people to make it. So, for example, there was one thing where he was talking about, like, the adult- adultification of black girls and how they're seen as adults before their time um, and, like, hypersexualized, And used, like, the lightest skin, like, his lightest skin, racially ambiguous child to make this point. And I'm like, but out of all the black women who are going to be hypersexualized and made to and looked at as dangerous or looked at as adults, she is the least likely out of black women to, to experience that. So why you try to use her to make this big point doesn't make sense because it doesn't, like, <laughs> like it doesn't even, it doesn't even work. Like, because you're trying to teach important lessons about black people and you're not even thinking about who you're casting to, you, to, to teach these lessons or whatever. He did, you're not he did the sense. same thing on Grownish as well when he, there was an episode on colorism and he used, <laughs> one of the two lighter skin actors to talk about colorism. Um, Which and it was just like, It was on Gronish. Which which last which actor was it? It was the you know the sisters Chloe and and oh, Katie yeah, yeah, yeah. and Hallie. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> Yeah, yeah but he's he, like, he, he does that. There's no, I don't he even know any dark skin. There's no dark skin people in, apart from that new girl that's going out with, what's his face? There's no, there, and I think, and my, the most horrible thing about Kenyon Barris is that he's so unwilling to learn or listen. And that's even going back to the whole thing about men in leadership. So unwilling to listen. Like every time this conversation comes up, doesn't want to listen. Every time people have crash criticisms of his shows, he goes, he went on TI expeditiously. And it's like, if you want accountability, do you go on TI's podcast? <laughs> no, to me, the fact that you've gone on TI's podcast shows me that you don't want accountability. Did you go on Red Table Talking Pets? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you, maybe, me. Maybe. You, respected, uh, you disrespected uh, Sister Soldier, you disrespected uh, <laughs> Harriet Tubman, you disrespected. That <laughs> <laughs> you had experienced colorism and then you used your light skinned daughter. You bleached the skin of me, of, <laughs> of Willow. <laughs> I just—he doesn't want to be accountable. And if we're not, and if our black content creators don't want to be accountable, cut them. Then what can we do? You don't support. That's the only way. If they don't want to be accountable, don't support. However, at the same time, I would say. Is it better to, I mean, we support problematic white people all the time, so maybe we should just 
really suck it up. <laughs> no, I mean, unwittingly. I don't support black people all the time. You do, you buy from Amazon, but yeah, go on. Okay, I guess that's the right one. I can't even see it. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, let's wrap up. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, no, no, no. I, I, I agree. Anyone can get it. No, 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 no. I, no, I agree, I agree with what you're saying. Like, I don't think we should, like, we should support, just because you support, like, you try and, you try and do what you can. So, like, if you don't have to watch Blackish or whatever, if you feel like he is disrespecting the thing, don't watch him. I completely um I agree with that. Um cool. Um just to wrap up, I just want to know what are you guys doing to stay corona free? Tunde, what are you doing to stay corona free? Honestly, I'm not leaving my house. Like... He's not leaving his house. Quarantine, quarantine, quarantine. <laughs> What are you doing to stay corona free? I am wait to stay corona free or to stay indoors. Okay, stay corona free. Washing my hands. She's washing her hands. Oh, (laughs) quarantine, quarantine, quarantine. (laughs) Nimsy, what are you doing to stay corona free? Minding my business. That's She's minding I'm her doing. business. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 quarantine, quarantine, quarantine radio. <laughs> and finally, don't stick your nose in. <laughs> don't stick your nose in. Two riding. Nezzy, what are you doing to stay corona free? I'm drinking turmeric lattes and I'm wearing my Ankara face mask when I go out. Eat for class! Oh! <laughs> Oh, quarantine, quarantine, quarantine. Turmeric, turmeric. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, guys, we want to thank you for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can get good podcasts. Um, Tune in. um, Hashtag Tales from the Plantation on all platforms to continue the conversation. We're on Facebook, um, Tales from the Plantation, Twitter at Plantation Tales, and Instagram at Tales from the Plantation. If you have any. even in this quarantine time, any tales of from the plantation, you can send it into tales from the plantation at gmail.com. Um, and just like that, episode 29 done. We are out. Bye. Bye. Bye.